have enough courage to trust love one more time. And always one more time, Maya Angelou. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah 29.11 (laughs) I love that first one. Have enough courage to trust love one more time and always one more time. Welcome to Intentional Now Podcast, an engaging workshop discussion on change and purpose and redefining what we say yes to. Hmm. Hello, I am Kristen Wombeck. I am your spiritual entrepreneur hostess, and we are chasing bold dreams, doing the work and asking really good questions, and we're getting life done. You might say done. Yes, the life that we are meant to live. Let's do this, okay? Welcome. Hey, I was just collecting my my notes from last week's episode. This is two parts, so I'm making them all in the same day with the same heart and the same anointing that Holy Spirit has brought for us here today. Wasn't it amazing? That activation. Yes. Getting rid of, you know, that that lie of being distant from God or the dis, right? The dis that distracts us from being on track with the Lord. So it was really powerful. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, actually, we're kind of working in a few episodes together. It just really helps for you to listen from one to the next. And I direct you. But yes, last week's activation was yummy. It was so good. Today's takeaways, again, staying in the middle of the intersection of grace. Amen. And we're continuing to talk about the door of trust. Obviously, the Lord is teaching me about that. And then I turn around and share it with you, knowing what you're trusting and how do you move on in life? Welcome, part two episode, and I'd like to recap just a little bit more before we just dig in. This is going to be even deeper this week. I just love it. So trust is the glue of life. It's the most essential ingredient in effective communication. It's the foundation principle that holds all relationships. We talked about that last week, a quote from Stephen Covey, it's truth. And trust, it's a glue. It's the glue of life. And then we walk through that activation, employing the throne of grace. Yes, employing it. And we employ it because we're expecting that throne of grace to actually provide that mercy and that grace in a time of need, right? Taking care of, we took care of the life of distance from God and the dis of distraction. Yep. There we go. We are all caught up and ready to finish crossing our T's and dotting our I's from last week. Mm, 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 mm. I'm ready. (laughs) As you can see, I am still fired up because I've done two episodes. Bang, bang. Here we go. And you have your paper and pen handy? Always helpful. And remember, you have a pause button 
on your device in case you need to go get them. This is really good. And I so very much appreciate you taking this time to be with me, to spend with me. Together, we just make the whole world seem much smaller as Holy Spirit is drawing each one of us into the redemption that his resurrection, our resurrection, has provided. Ooh, and we're going to talk about some good stuff today. So I'm reminding you, um, yes, seriously reminding you about my very best tool. What did I say last week was my A number one top tool that totally helps me in every area of my life. I can hear you. I hear you say, Kristen, journaling. Yes, journaling absolutely is my A number one wisdom tool. I can't imagine not journaling, not writing down what the Lord shares with me. Not even writing down, you know, my husband has dreams. I use it for accounting. It's absolutely wonderful. And I just have to share it with you because I know how many people that I have been able to help because I have shared with them, taught them about journaling and using Evernote, right? So every course that I've created, every coaching client that I work with, I introduce to journaling. So now don't you roll your eyes at me. I can see you rolling your eyes at me. So if you were to research the top five habits of extremely successful people, journaling would be there across the board. Yep, go ahead, Google it. Top five success tools and you will see journaling there. So I'm currently taking registrations for Journaling Life online series. And I, as I told you, it's included in the Coaching for Life program. It is included in the purchase of the template. I'm living forward, right? It's a template that I built that I use absolutely every day mm -hmm. for coaches, entrepreneurs, social media markers, marketers. Yep. And remember, why do I create those things? Why do I share those things? Exactly the things that I use every day. I'm helping you succeed in life and the marketplace. Yep. And that includes all you entrepreneurial dreamers out there that need to get it in gear, take a step forward. This is how you put the strategies and plans of the Lord down on paper. Mm -hmm. You can see I really am passionate about it. Okay, that is enough encouragement thrown your way. We have more. So shall I set up this episode? just a little bit. And I want to make notes of a very personal and tender part of episode 57, the intersection of grace part two. So that carries a really importance for me. I got very choked up in the session and no, I did not edit that out. So grace, remember I shared with you, grace is an appointed path. Let me share with you again, Jeremiah 6, 16. And in scripture, the word crossroads is used instead of intersection. So they really are linked together. So this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look 
Ask the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is. Walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. So while we're focusing on the middle of the intersection of grace, remember I asked God, what does my pink picture have to do with trust? I talked a lot about it in last week's episode. And then we bring that forward from today and our activation because we're talking about trust. We're talking about his I amness within you. Remember I told you and shared with you that trust feels identical to your pink cafe picture, your pink door. And of course, yours may not be pink at all. But that is the language that God is using and showing on my spiritual monitor Mm -hmm. for him to be able to establish and develop my heart and in our relationship of trust. We are growing. Amen and amen. So his trust, it made me feel like we were friends And he uses these pictures, these spiritual pictures that, yes, I draw them out. I scribble them out. I put them on my wallpaper on my computer because I want his word in front of my eyes for me to focus on at all times. Mm -hmm. And because I journal, I have those notes at my fingertips forever. 20 years of notes at my fingertips. Tell me that wasn't a wonderful tool for me to learn how to listen and hear God's voice. And the amazing thing about it, when we sit down in our ecclesia, I always scribe them. That means every time that God has given a prophetic word to any one of my family member, my ecclesia family member, I have it. I always remember what God is saying to us corporately. It is so valuable. I encourage you just hit the links before and check it out. Okay. So let's talk about that quote I introduced with. Trust is very hard if you don't know what you're trusting. Mm -hmm. How can you trust something if you're not intimately Um, acquainted with it. It's so difficult. Okay, let's unpack that. Let's unpack that. So you can see from my episode graphics, I always make graphics that are just like what the Lord is showing me. Okay, and I've spent, oh, is this week three? I think so, where the Lord has been talking to me and I turn around and share with you talking to us about trust. Imagine our activation last week, and I trust that you re-encountered it again. That pink door that gives us access coming and going, that complete access to the Father in and through Christ Jesus, that truth, that's true. We have complete access, right? So trust is difficult if you don't know what your or who you are trusting. And it's my privilege to share with you my spiritual experiences, how I learn. And I share them with you. And we call this a workshop style podcast because I'm teaching you. 
so that you don't rely on me. We are forming a relationship together. So if I've learned to have eyes to see, then I teach you how I learned to have eyes to see. Why? So that you can see also. We all have the same ability to develop our spiritual senses. Mm-hmm. So trust is difficult if you don't know what you are or who you are trusting. And see, there you go. I always keep it simple. I ask many questions and I ask Jesus to show me. And that is how I learn. That's how I learn to hear God's voice. And that is what I am sharing with you so that you also learn how to hear and recognize God's voice and how he's speaking to you. So can we step back? Let's imagine again, we are back at that intersection of grace. We're sitting in the chair in the middle of a row. Can you imagine yourself right there? Sitting in a chair in the middle of a row, and we're meditating on trust. We're looking at trust. And no, we don't have to worry about traffic in this place. Grace is just the name of all the four streets that flow through right there in the center with the chair sitting there and we're looking on trust. I expressed and explained to you that that trust looked like that goofy pink cafe, right? (laughs) Yeah, but how God was making it personal and unique for me. So we are meditating on trust, which God has clearly shown and told us that it is similar to a favorite desire that looks like your own personality. So I'm asking you to imagine with me and allow Holy Spirit to make my pink picture, whether it's the cafe or the door, make it personal for you. You may erase and change the color. Sharing with you makes the testimony alive for you. And I'm looking at trust. And remember, I explained to you, I actually saw myself because I'm active in the spirit. So I don't just sit in the chair. I'm at, I'm like a little kid and I'm out touching everything and seeing how it works and what it does. It's how I learn. And when I asked Jesus to show me, I, I, I look at him and I said, okay, now how does this work? And how do we do this? Mm-hmm. And this is how I learned. So I actually saw myself get up from the chair sitting in the intersection of grace and I walked in and I came out of the bakery, right? I came in and I came out of the bakery and I asked God, "Um, can you tell me what the difference is between trust and truth? I kind of wanted to know. So trust is undying confidence in the truth of resurrected life. So we died with Christ, right? Amen. And we're also risen in Christ. Amen. So the benefits are spiritual and natural. Did you get that? We died in Christ and are risen in him. And the benefits are spiritual and natural. So in the spirit, when I go into Peggy Portion's bakery, her cake shop, I naturally expect to come out of the bakery with the best sweets in London. Obviously, right? (laughs) For those of you who haven't listened to episode 56, 57, and 58, it'll be so much easier if you just go and grab those listen. Yep, it'll all make sense. 
So can you imagine the mental graphic that God is using to teach me about himself? I invite you to immerse yourself in those episodes. Mm -hmm. And episode 58 has a powerful activation. And that's what we would all expect, right? If you went into a famous bakery, you'd expect to come out with fabulous sweets. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not rocket science here. When I go into trust of God, who he is, his in himself and how he is to me and our relationship, I go into him, I expect to bring something out that his residue, that his life, his personality and who he is would be all over me, like a sweet, like having a cookie or a cake. Or if I go in and he tells me if a promise or a dream or desire or Kristen, do this, or or Kristen, pay attention to this in your business today and do this, then I come out and I apply it into my life. So trust versus truth. What is the difference? As nouns, the difference between trust and truth is that trust is confidence in and reliance on a person or a quality. While truth is the state or quality of being true, true to someone or true to something, okay? So as verbs, the difference between trust and truth is trust is to place confidence in. That's where um, I have a response to it. I rely on it. I confide. I, I put my faith in trust of who God is. While truth is to assert as true. A true is like a law. Truth is to declare and to speak truthfully. And I have to give all credit here to Wikidiff for helping me out with this. I love Wikidiff. It's so much fun. And it helps me to understand how the word is being used. So let's take God literal in our spiritual action here. So Imagine with me, I'm sitting in that chair on the intersection of grace and I get up and I go into trust, just like it was a famous bakery. We can walk in, we can easily imagine what would be inside. There would be um, seating arrangements, there would be tables, chairs, possibly people, there would be the counter, there would be the refrigeration and the cabinets and where all those delicious goodies would be at. It's easy for you to imagine, right? So when we come out, what do we bring? If you went into baby bakery, what would you come out? You'd come out with a full tummy of yummies and goodies, right? So when we go into trust, we bring out trust. It comes with us. It's like communion. When we take communion, it becomes 110% part of us. It becomes immersed in our body, in our DNA. So I'm going to share that quote again. Trust is very hard if you don't know what you're trusting. So you wouldn't return to a bakery that didn't have quality baked goods, would you? (laughs) I know you wouldn't. It's kind of like we go there once and once is enough. 
Sometimes with a restaurant, we'll give them two shots. But if they blow it up, two shots, not, not going back there again. So I love this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He knows them. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. We love that scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. So this famous scripture tells me to place my confidence in the trustworthiness of God. That's what it tells me. To place my trust. Remember, that's the action. To place my trust in the confidence and the trustworthiness of God. That's trust. Now, I know that I'm not alone when I say we have all been challenged when believing God for the manifestation of desires and answers to prayer. I'm going to go back and say that again. I need to slow down just a wee bit. (laughs) Now, I know that I am not alone when I say we all have been challenged when believing God for the manifestation of desires and answers to prayer. And with that statement, it is important to remind myself daily of who God is and what he has declared over my life. It's like if I don't go in and out of that bakery, then I get a little shaky in my boots to remember who God is. Not that I'm forgetting God, but remember Remember that remembrance is being intimate with him as my friend, as my confidant, as my husband, as my God. Remember. So Romans 9, 28. So Christ died once and he faced judgment. We know this clearly. He faced judgment for the entire human race. His second appearance his resurrection, that's his second appearance. It has nothing to do with sin. Nothing whatsoever to do with sin when he was raised. Imagine that. But to reveal salvation for all to fully embrace him. We died with him and we were resurrected with him. And at that place, that second appearance in his resurrection has nothing to do with sin but to reveal salvation for all of us to fully embrace him that's exactly what we're doing he is leading us in revealing salvation so when resurrected christ met the marys at the garden tomb it was to reveal salvation Now, salvation is not just going to heaven. Salvation is living your resurrected life redeemed in him. What is the purpose of me being redeemed in heaven? Christ dying already provided heaven and eternal life for me, right? Okay. Let me give you some more here. Colossians 1.20. You ready? This is so good. This is, I'm eating this too. This is just, I'm immersed in this. This is good stuff. 
he initiated the reconciliation of all things to himself through the blood of the cross. God restored the original harmony. His reign of peace now extends to every visible thing upon the earth, as well as all those invisible things which are in the heavenly realm. Both heaven and earth, the original harmony restored every visible thing. And not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies all because of his death. Did you hear that? All the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things and animals and atoms get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies all because of his death. That is what I need to be reminded of. They all get fixed. The truth of his resurrection in us, the restoration of all things that is on earth and in heaven. Because really, what do we need restoration for if we're in heaven? Right? <laughs> I can feel you, Holy Spirit, touching me. <sighs> That's why we're looking at trust. We're unpacking it and we're going in and out every day. Let me ask you a question. Do you have any broken or dislocated pieces in your life? I do. I do. Almost 25 years ago, my husband and I, we lost our business and our home, and it took us years to recover financially. But you know, those dreams, the dreams of our relationship, our marriage, and what God intended for us, those are not fully recovered. Now you know what my focus is. So I've talked to you and spoken to you about my dash, how she snores when I am recording an episode. My little King Charles Spaniel, she has been sick with a reoccurring staph infection since October. So we put her on antibiotics and the infection clears up, but as soon as the ant she's finished with the antibiotics, it quickly returns. Mhm. Mm <laughs> so God is helping us in her restoration. She's a gift from God to me. And God doesn't give broken things. Right? Whew. I am, yeah, tears in my eyes. I am passionate about this stuff. I know many of you out there, and many of my listeners, you have illnesses that you're dealing with and restorations that tug on your heart just like they do mine. Disappointment has knocked on the door of your heart. I hear you. This episode is for you to encourage you for Holy Spirit to teach us in the ways of the kingdom. 
because there has been a pregnant restoration sitting on all of our hearts. We know that we know that we know, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to move in it. We're going to unpack it. We're going to believe him, and those manifestations are going to come to pass. End of story. And that is how we know trust. We know trust and we engage the truth, right? You ready? Isaiah 61, 7, instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their law. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy. Job 42.10, and the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends, and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. 1 Peter 5.10, and after you have suffered oh, a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Psalms 71:20 You who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again from the depths of the earth you will bring me up again John 1:14 Suddenly the invisible eternal word takes on visible form that's Jesus that is Jesus the incarnation on display in a flesh and blood. He's flesh and blood. He's the person. And he is a mirror in us, in him. And he's now confirmed in us. This is truth. He's confirmed in us. He is the most accurate and tangible exhibit of God's eternal thought. And it finds expression in human life. The word became a human being and we are God's address and he resides in us and he captivates our gaze. The glory we see there, it is totally not religious. No, he is the authentic begotten son. (laughs) So the glory that we lost in Adam returns in fullness, fullness. Like last week, there is no distance in his nearness. That is truth telling us about our returned glory. There's no distance in God. He is always near us. Only grace can communicate truth. The intersection of grace is communicating truth. That is why it's such a perfect perfect place to be. In such complete context, in him we discover that we're not here by chance or accident or by the desire of an earthly parent, neither are we the product of a mere physical conception. We exist. His, we exist by the expression of God's desire to reveal himself in the flesh. <laughs> In the flesh, in the flesh, Jesus Christ is seated on the right hand of the Father. 
we are the expression of God's desire to reveal himself in the flesh. We're the body. His internal, invisible world, his spirit thought, it became flesh, meaning to gaze upon, to preserve, perceive. We saw and we see his glory. The display of his opinion, the glory as the original, authentic, begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He's the only begotten, and in him we recognize that is our true beginning, as in the authentic and original mold. Remember his second, his second coming when he was raised is his second coming. He was raised right there. He was raised to have a relationship with the authentic mold of ourself. He is also the firstborn from the dead, declaring our new birth. He is the revelation of our completeness. Completeness. He is the revelation of our completeness. And out of his fullness have we all received. Grace is mirrored in grace. For the law was not given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came through that pink door of Jesus Christ that we had that activation last week, right? That's where grace and truth came in and removed the lie of being distant and took care of the distraction that keeps us from being on track with his purposes in our life, right? Grace mirrored in grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. He who is in the bosom of the Father, the only original, authentic, begotten of the Father, he is our guide He accurately declares and interprets the invisible God within us. Mm -hmm. Jesus is accurately declaring and interpreting God within us, within me, within you. And he is using that goofy pink (laughs) cafe or the door to interpret God in us accurately, declaring, interpreting the life of our design, the original harmony, our restoration to know Jesus Christ seated as king and priest over our life. (laughs) The restoration of our body, the restoration of my little puppy dog, the restoration of the destiny that he planned for you and for me. Now, I told you. Uh, Okay, so I wanted to share with you something that caused me to think "Mm," this weekend. So, and it created questions. It always does because I always want to know Christ. So 
I had this question this weekend while I was attending a brunch of a dear friend. It was so wonderful. It was warm enough. We got to sit outside. The food was yummy. (laughs) So I was sitting out on the patio with a friend of her family's. We were catching up because it had been several years since we'd seen each other. So when she found out that I was a life coach, she asked me, How do you move on? And I could just feel when she asked me that question, how do you move on? That something in her was holding her back. That she was unable to let something go. Um, She didn't go into it. So I shared with her kind of a roundabout answer in the moment And I directed it at like inner healing, how brilliant Jesus is in releasing us from the weights of our past, releasing us from our stuff. And and that's about all the time that I had in that particular social environment. It's all it really allowed me to. So, you know, I've been thinking about it. My thoughts have stayed attached to that question, especially within You know, for us, as we're highlighting trust, highlighting his resurrection, highlighting that hope that he's drawing us into as we're looking at that, at him as trust. So a couple things I noticed, and I think they're kind of worthy to put on the table of the thought that God is sharing with us this evening. Do you ever get overwhelmed or desensitized by continuing issues that we stop looking and we stop believing that we'll ever find the answer. I hear ya. I'll ask the question again. Do we ever get overwhelmed or desensitized by continuing issues that finally we just stop looking and believing that we will ever find the answer. That is exactly why we're here today. To remind ourselves that the answer is within us. The answer is in us communicating and talking and learning and experiencing and believing In the finding, in the the finding, can I say that again? In the finding, in finding who we are, in finding the experiential manifestation of the goodness of God expressed in us and through us and around us. Can hope be lost or forgotten? Now, Holy Spirit kind of brought this to me today. And so one of my favorite passages in the Bible is found in John 4. I know you're familiar with it, the Samaritan woman. I love this, and he teaches me here. I actually have a, a fountain with a lady 
in um, my backyard with a koi pond, and and I call her my Samaritan woman, and say so I've spent a lot of time meditating on it and being taught from the Lord about her. So the Samaritan woman, she can help us with these questions. Yeah. So life and the religious law or choice, it had obviously disappointed her five times in the area of relationships and family. And why did destiny pick her to bring freedom to so many? (laughs) And we have to mention it so we can all draw well water from this famous well together. Draw water from this famous well. We're going to learn from her today, okay? So her responses tell us so much about who she is and what she held in her heart, right? And she can speak to you and me again. Her responses tell us who she is, and what she held in her heart. She held in her heart this marriage, this relationship, this prosperity of life in her heart. She did. Her responses tell us that she did. Her restitution, her reconciliation her resurrection. Let's listen to her responses. Well, her first request between her and Jesus in John 4, 9, the woman obviously anticipated this request and she was ready with her response. Yep, she was just like fired up and ready. You are a Jew, aren't you? So why would you expect to get anything for free from a Samaritan woman? (laughs) Jesus has just met up with her at the well, and he asks her for a drink. (laughs) So within the politics of that day, the Jews looked down upon the Samaritans and had no dealings whatsoever, right? (laughs) He answered, "Um, are we listening? He looked her in the eye and he said, If you could see the generosity of the God's graced gift, you would perceive who I am. So here I am asking you for a drink when you should be asking me and I would give you the water of life for free. (laughs) I'm going to say all that again. Because... We're sitting at the intersection of grace and we're looking straight at that access of trust, that door of trust, him, God, the Father, trust. And we're going in and out and in and out and he's teaching us. And we are listening. So Jesus looked her in the eye and said, If you could see the generosity of God's grace gift, you would perceive who I am. 
So here I am asking you for a drink when you should be asking me, and I would give you the water of life for free. (laughs) So then the Samaritan woman went through this qualifying of Jesus. He had it. No vessel to draw the water with. Uh Uh-huh. And then again, was he greater than the destiny of the famous well? You know, Jacob's well? Yep, this is really important here. Jacob's well. There were um, a couple betrothals that happened here at Jacob's well. It's an important place that Jesus specifically made a point to go to. So this is Jesus' response to her uh, qualifying questions. Whoever drinks from the source of this water, I shall give, will never thirst again, because the water that I give becomes an artesian well bursting from within, defying the life of the ages. Huh. I got a question for you. This artesian well, where did Jesus say it would burst from? Where did he say it would burst from? I'll go back and read it again. Jesus' response to her qualifying questions like, uh, who are you? (coughs) Excuse me. Whoever drinks from the source of this water that I shall give will never thirst again because the water that I give becomes an artesian well bursting from within, defying the life of of the ages. So this artesian well, Jesus said it would burst from within. That's within you and me, defying the life of the ages. It is unveiling God in you. It's discovering the fountain within you, the fountain within me. We can loose to sit who we are, who we are eternally connected to. We're sitting in that intersection of grace to learn who we are and who we are eternally connected to. And life sometimes distracts us off the path of meeting Jesus at that famous well, meeting Jesus at his resurrected self. Meeting Jesus as his ascended self, seated at the right hand of the Father. Now, Jesus talks with her about mm, the routines of life. The continuing need of returning to the same old, same old, same old, same old well. Well, is that old well a desensitized path of the normal, the same old? All this is, is this all there is? No. But I love this part. This is where the miracle begins. This is where trust that is buried deep within her heart Deep within our hearts, the trust that has been a compass of hope. Her honest answer about life. (laughs) 
She answered him an honest question about life, about her husband not being her husband and all the husbands before. She honestly answered him. She answered life himself. <laughs> her honest answer about life in front of life himself. The bubbling up of the well defying the ages. So in verse 18, Jesus responds to her and says, absolutely, marriage does not define you. And this woke her ears up to hear. And now she's talking from what she knew in her heart. She knew this. She always knew this. Worship and relationship with God. Where we worship or how we worship or that door that's just been opened. This is the first time ever that Jesus reveals himself in person with his own words. A face-to-face -face joint participation encounter with life and trust himself. God is our true fountainhead. We are not defined by our physical birth, our domestic life, our history, our culture, or our religion. <laughs> and I love what she says. I know the Messiah is coming, the one who's called the Christ. And when he arrives, he will declare everything to us from heaven's perspective. Let's have a highlight here and a big dancing from heaven's perspective. He will reveal and declare everything to us from heaven's perspective. And Jesus concludes the miracle. I am the one you were longing for. I am the one you were looking for. I am he. Longing for, her longing for, is what brought her and Jesus together. That longing, that hope. And this is how I would conclude the question that I heard from my friend, from this intersection of grace. How do you move on? How do you let go? How do you release? How do you say goodbye to? How do you find healing? The commentary notes in the mirror translation for John 4 verse 28. <laughs> As she left her water pot behind and went to tell the city. No water pot can compete with the fountain bursting from within. Suddenly she understood that all people indeed share the same origin. The fountain of living water was not distant from her. It was not distant. She felt his nearness. And it wasn't beyond her reach. But it was waiting to awaken within. It was waiting to awaken within. Nothing external is ever meant to divine 
are complete or our lives. Nothing external is ever meant to define or complete our lives. The life of our design is defined in Jesus Christ as in a mirror. Your source will sustain you. By the waters of reflection, my soul remembers who I am. Psalms 23, by the waters of reflection, my soul remembers who I am. When I sit at the intersection of grace and I behold trust and I go in and out of the door of trust, my soul remembers who I am. My soul and my spirit remembers his trustworthiness and his goodness. Truth therapy does not attempt to untangle the complicated emotional hurts and traumas of the past. Yes, I'll say that again. Truth therapy does not attempt to untangle the complicated emotional hurts and traumas of the past. Instead, truth reveals the integrity of our original life redeemed in Christ. He is the fountainhead of our genesis. Behold, all things are new. Behold, all things are new. Those those restorations that are hidden in our heart Behold, all things are new. We focus on those things. We allow them to bubble up from inside of us. Those restorations are redeemed innocence. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are resurrected. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And we are walking around as his resurrected self. Death, sin, and decay have no part of our life. (laughs) Behold, all things are new. He is in the business of restoration of all things and all means all. So I walk in and out of that door and he is in the process of restoring those things that I've held in my heart. To fulfill and manifest the harmony of my original genesis, my original design, your original design. Mm-hmm. Shall we pray together? <laughs> oh, we traveled a long way today. Oh, it's good.
So God, I thank you that you gave us the ability to move on. And we learn. We learn to know about that bubbling well, that fountainhead within us. We learned to recognize your resurrected self in relationship. We learn to know the authority at hand when we come to the throne of grace. And Father, I just, I know that there's hope that's bubbling up out of us. And I thank you, Lord, that you see it. And you are so familiar with the hope that is on the inside of us. And so, Father, we take that measure of faith that Jesus Christ gave us. It's resident in us. We don't have to do anything <laughs> because he gave it. It's in us. It lives in us. And we take that measure of faith and we actually hand them and put them together with our hope. And we hand them to you and we remember. And we take it as if we're eating like a, a fresh macaron from this bakery in London. And we consume it and we say, yes, change me, change my physical body. We renounce sin, death, and decay, sickness, poverty, loss. We thank you. I thank you. I thank you for everybody listening. I thank you that I'm hearing as I'm speaking, I'm listening. And I thank you today, God, just like I said in the last episode about when we open the door, we open the door wide. There are no, there's no walls to wall in our hope. There is no walls to wall in our faith. It's yes, yes, and amen. And we give you praise. Thank you, God. So I encourage you, dear listener, just to stay with him in this lovely, wonderful place. <laughs> yeah, you know where to find me. I'm easily found. <laughs> I bless you. I bless you. And I will talk to you again next week. Okay? Bye now. <laughs>